Welcome to All About the Joy, the podcast. I'm Carmen Lee Set, and I am really excited to just be here and share some insights. Uh, I had this whole idea planned out. I had written a whole blog post, and then I was going to do the podcast on what I wrote about. But you know, things change. <laughs> and something happened this morning, and it made me realize, you know, I've always wanted to share this little bit of information with people because it's a lesson that I learned. And once I learned it, I changed my behavior. Oh, first of all, before I start, you know, I have to get better at plugging and marketing and advertising. So my apologies for any of you that are listening and don't want to hear me say this, but we do have a live streaming show that's every Thursday night at 6 p.m. And I have Rick on the show. He comes every week. And then we have guests. We have people from the neighborhood show up and it's just a really fun time. So please check that out. We live stream to all social media. So you can check us out anywhere. Of course, you can always go to doublatjoy.com or allaboutthejoy.com and you can check out all the links there to figure out where to catch us. And you can always check out the replay as well. So I appreciate that. I really do appreciate people who are following us on this journey and doing it right away, right at the beginning. I am grateful and thankful. I always give a shout out to the peeps on LinkedIn because I am shocked that people are supporting me there. And these are people I don't know. So really grateful for that too. So yeah, we have a page on Facebook too and on LinkedIn. So please follow us there if you can really appreciate it. But either way, just glad that you're here at the podcast. So, okay. That's the end of the advertising. <laughs> me plugging myself. It's so annoying. I don't know why. You know, what's so weird is that if I had to plug or talk about anything else, like for anyone else, I could do it pretty easily, but doing it for my own show, it's still a little uncomfortable for me. So bear with me. Okay. One of the things I wanted to talk about today, it's just, okay, let me back up. I will tell you what, what spurred this on. So as many people know, who've been following the live stream and the podcast and know that for some reason in the past couple of months, I'm going to say, I have been obsessed with watching Stargate SG-1. Now, this is not about sci-fi, but I'm just giving you the backstory so you understand why I wanted to talk about this today after scrubbing my initial plans on what I wanted to talk about. And it'll make more sense as I go along. So Stargate SG-1, for those of you who don't know, it's a sci-fi show kind of in line with like Star Trek or Star Wars or Battlestar Galactica. Like if you're a sci-fi person, you know Stargate SG-1. And the lead actor in Stargate SG-1 in the like first eight seasons, at least, I think it's like, well, I mean, he's in it in season nine and 10 too, is Richard Dean Anderson. And most people know who Richard Dean Anderson is if you are of a certain age and you ever watched MacGyver. Now, I thought I had seen MacGyver, but after realizing that I was just really obsessed with this show again, I went back to watch some episodes of MacGyver and I never saw that show growing up. And I, and I couldn't sit through after like first few episodes just because it is kind of dated. Now, Stargate SG-1 is an old school show too. I think it was back in 2006 or something. It could have been before then, but it still is 
good today because they just did such a good job with it. Right. And it's not dated so much. There's some verbiage, but it really does hold up pretty well. So if you're interested in watching a new show, it's not a new show, it's an old show, but if you need a new show to kind of binge on, it's a really fun one. So for whatever reason, even though I watched it back in the day and I loved it, just like I loved X-Files, blah, blah, blah. I found it again and I am obsessed. When I say I'm obsessed, I mean, I do not go to bed without watching at least one episode or a scene from an episode. Like I just want to keep watching it and I've seen all the, you know, all the seasons or whatever. And, you know, look, I'm not going to lie to you. Yes, there is something comforting about it. Cynthia, my cousin had turned around and said, you know, because I told her, I said, I think there's something wrong with me. I mean, I've been obsessed with shows before, but they were live. They were happening right now. They weren't like 20 years old or whatever. And, (laughs) and she said, it's comfort. It's comfort watching. Like you already know what's going to happen. You're going to feel comfortable. And I think there's something to that as well. But I ain't going to lie to my people listening. Richard Dean Anderson is fine. I mean, he is so good looking. And he's also just a really, the character he plays, because I don't know Richard Dean Anderson at all. So let's not use his name. But he plays the character named Colonel Jack O'Neill. And he's just funny and smart and serious. And, you know, there's just all of it happening in this character. And Richard Dean Anderson is just stunning and gorgeous and fun. And he has relationships with all the other characters and it just works well, but I am not confused at all. I think that man is gorgeous, good looking, and I love the character. So yeah, call it comfort or whatever, but I'm just enjoying it. So this morning I was, you know, up on my YouTube channel came, you know, some Stargate stuff, because I guess once you start watching it, by the way, I have YouTube TV, everybody knows this. So all of my YouTube premium and YouTube TV, I think is linked. And because I do like Stargate, they show me a lot of sci-fi stuff. And one of the things that has come up are all these conventions. And to my surprise, all of the characters on this show go to these conventions 20 years after the fact. I think that is awesome. But I guess that makes sense because all the Star Trek people do the same thing. Yeah. Anyway, so I was just watching one of them and there was this interview with Richard Dean Anderson that somebody did in like a hallway or something. You know, they were just talking to him and they had a beautiful accent. I don't know from where. And Richard Dean Anderson did the same thing that so many people do and that I do as well. And this is what I want to talk about. As the person is talking to him and asking him questions, the person who's interviewing him says, you know, you mean so much to me. You changed my life. You, whatever. He's giving him all of these accolades. And Richard Dean Anderson does this thing where he goes, oh, stop it. Oh, no, I didn't. No, come on. Right. And on the one hand, you can understand the humility in that, right? It must be a lot to keep hearing over and over again that you changed somebody's life or that you, and I don't know Richard Dean Anderson at all. And I haven't even watched a lot of these interviews, but my gut says that because he's so humble, it's hard for him to really grasp the idea that he changed people's lives doing something that he loves to do. I totally understand that. And most good and decent, wonderful people are not great at taking accolades or taking love from people or taking that kind of appreciation. 
I totally understand it. It's really a great characteristic in someone, right? That they're not like, oh yeah, thank you. I know I changed your life, right? I mean, that would be like the complete opposite, right? And then you would hate that person and they would no longer be that significant to you. But the reason why this is important is because when I wrote my book, um, Ganella, and most people understand that it wasn't meant to be a book. It was meant to be thank you letters to people who helped change my life, right? Every chapter is a thank you to a person or a group of people who changed my life. And then I give a specific reason as to why I remember this being momentous and transformative. So when I did publish my book, I sent the book to all of my mentors and all of these people that helped change my life. I sent them the book and then I met with them and I met with most everyone. And if I didn't meet with them, I was completely online with them, talking to them, whatever. And the irony of ironies that happened was when I met with most everyone in the book and I told them, you know, yeah, this is what it meant to me or whatever. Everyone, not one person turned around and was like, oh my God. Yeah. I remember I did that for you. Yeah. I remember they all were very like, wow, I didn't even realize that doing this one thing did that for you. My favorite example of this is there's a man by the name of Jim Bamford in the book. His name is James. I don't know what I gave his last name. I'm sure I, I had to change everybody's names and I don't always remember what I changed them to, but Jim Bamford is this amazing guy that I worked with over at technical data, which is now Thompson financial. But long story short, I didn't know how to type. I had gotten a job that was way out of my, you know, skill level, but I had gotten it on a, on a fluke of a situation. And I was staying late at night trying to use the computer and I was doing like the two finger, you know, <laughs> typing thing. And I didn't know how to use the computer. So I was doing all these envelopes by hand, basically. And he happened to come into the office late at night after a date he had. And he turned around and sat down with me and helped me finish it. And then told me, if you need help, just tell me, I will help you do this, you know? And it was really transformative because I would have lost the job because I didn't know how to do some of the basic stuff that I had lied about in my resume. And he helped teach me and helped me with that one project that then led me down another pathway of learning. So that was transformative and so important to me that it's part of my book and it's part of my memory. And when I sent him the book and I met with him and we all had dinner, you know, he actually said that he remembered it kind of sort of that night, but he didn't realize it was such a big deal. I was like, yeah, but for me, it was amazing. And one of the great things about all these guys and all these people that I, you know, wrote about in, in this book, none of them invalidated what I felt. If anything, they were shocked that what they did was so transformative and amazing because they didn't believe that they had actually intentionally done anything, but they didn't invalidate how I felt about it by saying, Oh, stop it. Oh, come on. That was no big deal. So what I taught you how to use an envelope or use a word processing program, big deal. You know, like, and here's why I'm bringing this up. As much as I understand why Richard Dean Anderson or so many people do these things like just deflect, what's actually happening is you're unintentionally 
you're invalidating that person's experience, right? You're not embracing what they're telling you. Maya Angelou has this quote, which I'm going to totally mess up. So I apologize, but this is the gist. She says, people will forget what you say and people will forget what you do, but people will never forget how you make them feel. So when someone tells you that you changed their life or that you are a transformative figure in their life or that what you did made them do A, B, C, and D, and it is important to them enough to let you know, the best thing you can do is hear them and say, oh my goodness, I am so glad I was able to do that for you. Or I didn't even realize that, but wow, that's so great. I am so grateful that I was able to do that for you. You don't want to invalidate people's experience. You don't want to invalidate people's feelings about you just because you're uncomfortable with the accolades. And once I realized this, I stopped doing that. I, I have a couple of people who always call me their mentor. And at first I was so like thrown by that, mostly because I call other people mentors. And the idea that I would be a mentor to somebody is weird. It's like, what? Me? I'm nobody. But because of my experience and I realize that the greatest gift you can give someone who tells you that they admire you is I hear you, I got you, I understand, and I am glad I was able to do that for you, <laughs> even if it was unintentional, you know? Now that I understand how powerful that is to allow me to stand in what propelled me to this place, not to make me look like I was an idiot for being so grateful to learn how to type or learn how to use a computer. Jim Bamford didn't do that. Jim Bamford turned around and he validated that he remembered the experience. He did say he didn't realize that it was such a big deal, but he did realize it was a big deal to me. And he was so glad he was a part of that for me. Like, so again, I know this is a little bit difficult and a little bit nuanced, but it is one of those things we have to think about. And it's really this simple. You know, you hear celebrities all the time say, I'm nobody's hero. I'm not your hero. You need to teach your kids that blah, 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 blah. They're here. It's deflecting. It's deflecting, right? You cannot decide for people whether or not you are a role model or a hero or an influencing entity. If you exist on the planet and we perceive you and we watch your work and we are inspired by you, that's how we feel. You can't invalidate that just because you don't want the responsibility that comes with being yourself. So I, I, I don't want to mention any names, but I do know that there are several celebrities that always say this stuff. And I think a couple of them have changed the way they do this. And a few basketball people used to do this too. Like, I'm not a hero. I'm not a this. You cannot say that you want to have the accolades that come with being famous and not the responsibility. So there is a responsibility. And part of that is understanding that you are who you are because you are great at something or you're influencing on something or you're a wonderful actor or whatever it is. And you've gotten to a place where now you have the ability to be seen. And when that happens, there are people's lives who are going to change, you know, because we're learning from you. We're, that's the whole point 
of us being on this planet. <laughs> I don't understand. Like the whole idea is for me to have interactions with people and with the invention of technology and the invention of just all these beautiful pieces of equipment that we have where we can be in touch with our celebrities or our politicians or our teachers or leaders or people around the world, it's even more paramount that we learn how we affect other people, right? When we're on a platform and we're having conversations, whether it's live streaming or podcasting or just commenting, we need to understand what our power is as an entity because that's who we are in the world. We're here existing and everything we do is interactive with other people. And now we have technology that pushes that even further. So when someone reaches out to you and tells you that they matter, just say thank you. Just say, oh, that is just wonderful. Wow, I'm glad I could be that for you. You know, and I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But once I understood how important it was when I wrote this book, I didn't realize how vulnerable it was that I wrote this book, but I did share some moments, some very quiet moments that nobody knew about. Even the people that had done these things for me that changed the trajectory of my life, I knew that they didn't realize it. You know, most of them, I knew that they didn't understand how powerful it was, what they did for me that moved me from this place to the next place. The guys I worked with at Technical Data, when that happened, I went from just being grateful to have a job because I never thought I would have a job in the financial district in Boston, Massachusetts. Like it was just, it was all on a bet and it was a whole bunch of fluky things that happened. But meeting those guys and working for them ended up transforming my life and me going to college, which was not really a viable thing prior to that. And me going to college ended up becoming a whole other thing as far as me learning about a different part of who I am in the world. So would I have gone to college had I not met those guys? I don't know. I don't know how this whole thing in life works, but I do know I'm grateful that it was that situation that helped propel me to the next phase. And I love that when I explained to them how important it was to me, that they supported me in that way, that they supported me and said, you were smart, you need to go to school. And that when I wrote the book, they just turned around and they were like, wow, that's awesome. You know, what are your plans next? They didn't invalidate it. So I hope that makes some sense. Again, this is not a diss on my baby, Richard Dean Anderson, because we all know I got love for him. That's not him. But it's just one of those things that I think we all do. And it is, it is about humility. It is about not wanting to come across as conceited or pompous or whatever. But I always call it like a fake humility because it's not intentional, but when we do that, we're safeguarding ourselves and we're accidentally invalidating somebody else's experience. So in a little way, it's kind of selfish because we don't want to come across as like, yes, I did. I, I helped you become the person you are, right? We don't want to do that. But what you really want to do is realize it's not really about you. It's about what this person feels. 
And what an amazing human being you are if you can not only acknowledge what your presence is in the world, but also realize that what's more important is understanding that that person took a lot of courage to come up and tell you what you did for them. Even if it wasn't your intention or that hard for you to do, your existence mattered to somebody else. Ah, isn't that the most amazing thing? That would be, that's kind of, that's the whole point, I think, of life, right? That we matter to each other, that we can coexist with each other, that we can, that we can help each other through just being our authentic, wonderful, brilliant selves. I think that would be the gold standard. So anyway, thank you again, as always, to come and listen and visit. And I appreciate it so much. Again, please check out the live stream. Come and visit us during the live stream. That would be great. Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Get in on the chat. Ask us some questions. Be involved. I would love that. And yeah, I will see you again soon. Next week for sure. And on the live stream. Did I say that enough? <laughs> Bye. Thanks for stopping by All About the Joy. Be better and stay beautiful, folks. Have a sweet day.